Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Mark Schaefer, and we're going to explore Twitter marketing and what you need to know now about amazing things going on with Twitter and how you can really take your Twitter marketing to the next level. But first, we've got an awesome new discovery that we're going to share with you right now. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. I'm joined today by Eric Fisher. And Eric, what have you got for us this week? Well, Michael, are you familiar with the app called Tinder? Oh, boy, I'm not sure I am. I've heard of okay. it, but I'm not sure what it does. Well, it's a technically it's a dating app, and that's not what the discovery is. So well, that explains why I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, You and I both don't have any need for that. But... It's the, let me explain that today's discovery is similar to that, and for a lot of the listeners, it'll uh, help to understand if they already know what Tinder is, and if they don't, quickly a brief overview is it's basically a, hey, is this person good-looking or interesting to you or not? Swipe left for no, swipe right for yes, oh. and the card of that person goes left or right, and you say yes or no, and that's it. But if you can imagine doing that with content, you might want to share that's curated for you already, that's what I have for you today, which is Daily by Buffer. Sounds a little bit like stumble upon, huh? Thumbs up, thumbs down kind of thing? It is a little bit. Yeah, it's it's very much like that. And so what's cool about this is, is they've already done a ton of content curation. And because they've got access to the analytics on what stuff has already been shared through their Buffer sharing app on Facebook, on mm. Twitter, Google+, et cetera, they know some of the most popular content that's already being shared through their app. And so then they look at it and curate it a little bit more and then you get it in this app. And what's great is, is like, so for example, I just opened it up on my phone and I'm looking at it and it says five content marketing metrics you don't know, but should. And then there's a little graph there. And I don't know about you, but thinking from a consumer standpoint, instead of just a sharing standpoint, that's a little bit interesting to me. So I'm actually going to swipe right and look at that later. So it's a discovery tool, yes. but it also allows you to store it for looking at it later too? Yeah, you can – well, what you can do – and again, this is going to require you to sign up if you don't already. Have a free Buffer app you can, or a free Buffer app account, I should say. You can throw some stuff in there. Even if you don't want to do that though, there's a little hit read this post down below. Hmm. And so this is almost a way to get curated news as well. Okay, so this is an app for iOS devices, and it's called Daily. And when you put it on your phone, do you have the option to choose different categories upon which to find information, or is it just kind of everything across all a buffer? No, it is. You can up in the upper right, you hit topics, and by default, it has view all selected. 
But then below that, you've got buffer picks, which is their personal picks, which oh. some of our social media examiner articles have shown up in there. So thanks Very to cool. buffer. Very cool. Uh, then you've got marketing, inspiration, business and startups, life hacking and design. You know what I like about this is, um, you know, if you're out and about, I would imagine with your iPhone or even if you're probably sitting on the couch on your iPad, you know, and you're just kind of finding interesting, you know, something to read. Um, th this allows you to kind of also, I would imagine, cue it into your buffer feed as well, right? So that you can exactly. actually share it later. So yeah. it's a discovery and um, scheduling kind of tool all in one that integrates with buffer. That's really slick. Yeah, it, 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 it's cool. Well, Eric, thank you so much for sharing that tool. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And with that, let's transition over to today's interview with Mark Schaefer. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Mark Schaefer. If you don't know who Mark is, he's the author of The Tao of Twitter, Return on Influence, and the co-author of Born to Blog. He's a college educator, blogger, consultant, and speaker. Mark, welcome to the show. I am so happy to be here and speaking. And this is your third time on the show. That's really cool. Oh, man, it's such an honor. I'm so, so glad to be with you, Mike. So today we're going to focus on Twitter marketing. And you've recently come out with the second edition of your book, The Tao of Twitter. Yeah. And let's step back for a second and talk about how you got started with Twitter and, and why ultimately it led to you writing a book. Great question. I... A few years ago, actually it's more than a few now, it's been almost seven years ago, I, I started my own business and I started consulting and I started teaching. And I knew I needed to immerse myself in, in the social web to really understand it. I don't think you can consult or teach unless you're really doing this stuff. And so it took me months to figure out Twitter. I hated Twitter. For months, I just thought it was the <laughs> stupidest thing I'd ever seen. Mike, I can remember the first tweet I ever got was, it's 4 a.m. <laughs> I'm thinking, this, it confirmed. Oh, this, this is, is a clock. <laughs> this, it confirmed, this is the stupidest thing I ever, I've ever seen. Right. But it, it, it took me months to figure out that there was this human pulse behind Twitter, that it really wasn't about advertising and gadgets and widgets and technology and mentions and hashtags. There was this human pulse. 
And once I got in the flow, I just loved it. I made so many amazing connections. It opened up so many opportunities. And I don't think it's too bold to say, Mike, that it changed my life. It changed my business. It changed my life. And uh, I wanted others to to understand that pulse too because Twitter is not intuitive. A lot of people get intimidated because it kind of has a language of its own. So I was teaching a college class and every time we got on Twitter, it was frustrating because I felt rushed. I didn't have enough time and people were forgetting half the things I was saying. So I made a little handbook. And after class one day, somebody came up to me and said, you know, this handbook is worth the price of the whole class. Wow. I thought, hmm, really? So I decided to turn it into a book. That was in 2011. And uh, I decided to self-publish it at that time because I wanted to do a short book. And the traditional publishers weren't interested in a short book. And as a self-published book, it became the best-selling book on Twitter it was picked up at McGraw-Hill in 2012 and then launched in an in a all-new version in uh, just a few weeks ago. Wow. That's awesome. So um, so what I hear you saying is <laughs> at first you didn't understand it, so you decided to write a book about it. <laughs> but it didn't. you didn't just write a book about it. You did it because you needed to for the students that you were teaching. And along the way, you said it transformed your business. So give us a little bit, like, what did it do for you in the early days? Well, I had a, a very narrow view of what my business was and what it could become because I was just in a, like a traditional offline mindset. I grew up in marketing and great big Fortune 500 companies. I got you know traditional marketing training and between the blog and Twitter really I would say um, – I made new connections all around the world I never, ever could have met uh, in any other way, in in any other time in history. So I think it's it's historically important. And one of the things that I think people miss that I try to drive home in the book is this very human aspect of Twitter that, sure, people use it for customer service – People use it for promotion. Uh, People might use it for marketing research. But there is a very powerful element of networking. Oh, my gosh. Totally. It it is the great – it is networking on steroids. It's the greatest networking tool possibly ever created. And uh, we can get into why. If, if, well, let me, if yeah, let me share. Interested. Let me share a short little story, which I don't think I've ever shared with yeah. you offline. And I know I don't think the listeners have ever heard this, but back in the day, before I started Social Media Examiner, this is probably 2008-ish. Um, I was known for white papers, and Anthony Robbins, you know, um, who you may know, um, had this gal working for him named Amy Porterfield. And Amy Porterfield was introduced to me via Twitter by Mari Smith, and the first thing I did is I... I um, just, you know, kind of networking online, I I very quickly uh, made some nice complimentary remarks about Amy and some of the stuff that I'd seen her sharing on Twitter. And literally within 45 minutes, I was on the phone with Amy and the Mm -hmm. next day, Anthony Robbins hired me. I mean, that 
is you talk about fast, right? Yeah. And I landed obviously a very nice big account and that, you know, the speed of which you can make things happen on, on Twitter is just phenomenal. And even to this day, I would say it's, it's no different. It's just a lot bigger now and a lot more people are using it, you know? What a wonderful story. And I mean, I, 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 I don't think that's unusual. I mean, it doesn't always happen fast. Right. But I had a client who, who I was coaching and trying to teach him how to use Twitter. And, and literally, we had a new customer for him in one hour, his first hour on Twitter. He had a, he had a new customer. And again, I don't want yep. to raise people's expectations uh, uh, unnecessarily. But, but it, is, it is a pretty powerful. So let's, it's very powerful. Let's, let's get, okay, you have three elements that you talk about in, in your book. Can you talk about what they are a little bit? What I discovered, and that's the Tao, or the Chinese pronunciation is Tao. It's, it's, it's a Chinese word that means path. And what I discovered, and I think you'll agree with me, that there is a path to success. And behind every Twitter success story, perhaps every social media success story, there are these, these three elements. Number one, meaningful content. Mm. Content is the catalyst that gets things going. It attracts attention. It creates awareness. It can even create conversation and loyalty. Now, most businesses are getting that today. They're creating blogs and webinars and videos, but they miss the second point, and that is a targeted audience because this content that you're creating, it doesn't matter. It doesn't work unless it moves through an audience. And what we need to do is mindfully and systematically create that audience ourselves. It must be something that we do proactively. And there's no better way across any social media platform to create an audience than Twitter Mm. because there's so many ways to find these people. If you want to find dog groomers in Cleveland, you can do it. If you want to find aerospace engineers in Kansas City, you can do it. The, and the other thing is on these other social platforms, you really can't create this connection unless people follow you back. And you don't have to do that on Twitter. You can interact with people even if they don't follow you back. The third thing is authentic helpfulness. People on the social web are tired of being advertised to. They're mm-hmm. sick of being marketed to. But they will be attracted like a magnet to people who really want to help them, help them make money, save money, save time, have a happier life, a healthier life, a more entertaining life. And those are the three elements I think that that are essential to success in this channel. Okay, so just to summarize, provide meaningful content, Mm -hmm. do so to a very targeted audience, and be authentically helpful. That's, that's exactly right. So now let's talk about the ways that businesses are using Twitter. I know these are kind of like the, these are like the ground rules, right? What we just talked mm-hmm. about. So yeah. now, now let's get down into like, what are some ways that businesses are using Twitter today? I know you've got like a whole chapter in your book on this. I do. And, I, and it's one of my favorite chapters. <laughs> uh, I've got a chapter in there called 25 Ways to Toast Your Competition. <laughs> I like that. And, and then the way I like it too, because you know, it's so underutilized. 
and, and uh, so we don't have time to go through all of these. But, but let me just give you a, a couple examples. Um, one is market research. So I was on the phone a few weeks ago with a real estate agent in Toronto. And he wanted a little coaching around social media and how to use Twitter. And he didn't understand Twitter. And he just thought it was a big wall of noise. And I said, well, have you tried using these advanced Twitter search features? And I've got a chapter on that in the book too. So we could use, we could use keywords like looking for a home and then use a geographic location like Toronto. And I showed him, I can't remember what the exact number was, but I think we came up with 40 references to people looking to move to Toronto in 24 hours worth of tweets. I said, these are all potential customers. And then the light bulb went off and he got very excited by this. And this is something that, that big companies, small companies, can use. I gave an example in the book about a local pizza franchise, one local pizza shop that could that transformed their business using Twitter search like this. Another thing that uh, I think would be really interesting to your listeners is this is a really great time to try Twitter advertising if you haven't already for a couple of reasons. Number one, Twitter has a really high inventory of ads right now. There was a recent article in the Wall Street Journal that said that how it just compared advertising on Twitter to other platforms and it showed how inexpensive it is, but it projected that by the summer of 2015, they expect this inventory to decrease and the prices to go up. So it's, it, it's an inexpensive medium right now. The other thing is it has some very interesting ways to target a specific audience really almost down to a zip code. Hmm. So you can, you can have a very targeted audience. Now here's a little trick that a lot of people don't know about this. You only pay for Twitter advertising when people interact with your promoted tweet. So if they click it, if they favorite it, or they retweet it, then you pay whatever the price is. What about if now, they reply? Uh, or if they reply. Okay. Now, here is the cool part. Let's say you retweet this thing because it's really interesting to you and you think it would help people. If they retweet your promoted tweet, if other people see it and interact with it and click on it and retweet it, you pay nothing. Gotcha. So they don't charge you for the potential no, reach that could happen from charge, your fans. No, they don't charge you for amplification. It's almost like a little bonus, huh. and it's and it's unique to Twitter. And you know, I don't know if they'll ever change that policy or not. But right now, you only pay for the audience that they introduce you to. If it works and they click on it, you pay. If it really works and they forward it and retweet it and share it with others, then that's a bonus. And I think that's pretty cool. That's very cool. Um, back to Twitter search for a second. Mm -hmm. um, how are businesses using Twitter search to maybe keep on the, up on the competition or to locate people that are maybe happy customers or unhappy customers? What are some of the things that you're seeing? Well, uh, as I said you know, some companies, and I, I'm in this camp as well, they believe 
that Twitter search can be the most powerful source of marketing research ever available. And the difference is, Mike, is that if you do a search on uh, Bing or on Google, you're going to get links and you're going to get videos. When you do a search on Twitter, you get real-time conversations. You get people who are talking about your product, your service, your competitors, uh, maybe a need for your service or a need for your product right then and there. And it's free. You just have to know – you have to be a little clever about how you set up your t- searches. And also, you can save these searches. So you, once you figure it out one time, you never have to, you, you never have to do it again. So it's a great way to discover uh, customers. It's a great way to discover need. It's a great way to discover new trends. Uh, in the example I used in the book – this local pizza uh, delivery uh, chain uh, discovered through Twitter that their competitors uh, were having a hard time delivering pizzas. So they jumped right in there and said, hey, you know, we can have something there in 20 minutes. And so they were able – that was a good example of toasting the competition. So there's so many different ways to use search. And, and again, the powerful thing is that you can drive this down even to a zip code or within a certain number of miles within a zip code. You can even sort it by sentiment. So as you asked, if you want to find someone who's happy about something or sad about something, you can even specify the sentiment in the tweets that you're looking for, and Twitter can deliver that to you. Is that based on some sort of tool that you have to tack on to Twitter, or is that part of no, their basic search? Really? It's part, it's part of their, well, it's not part of their basic search. Advanced? It's, it's advanced search. Gotcha. It's advanced search, yeah. Now, some of the things that we do, uh, we wrapped up our social media success summit here by the time this recording comes out, and we have a hashtag. You know, and we track not just the hashtag, but also certain the hashtag along with certain words like problem, can't hear, audio. And this allows us to create kind of separate, I guess, feeds or RSS feeds or whatever, where we can track out of the noisy feed those particular people that are having problems so our tech team can immediately respond to them. That's a beautiful example. You know, Wonderful and, example. And you can do that. I would imagine you could do the same thing for just about any combination of words. And it's kind of cool. Now, um, you mentioned earlier that there is this um, meaningful content, and um, you also um, talked about being helpful. So um, I'm curious, you know, Mark, some people with Twitter have this broadcast mentality where all they do is provide what they believe is indeed meaningful content over and over and over again. And then you've got other people that are trying to be helpful, which means they're out there answering questions and engaging with people. Do you think that these two can butt heads? Do you think that one is maybe a broadcast mentality and another is a service mentality and maybe they don't tend to coexist very well? What are your thoughts about this? Because there's a lot of different kind of philosophies out there when it comes to this. There there are. And, uh, you know, I I tend to be – lenient around this. I mean, I, I don't want to tell anybody what to do because I think there is no cookie cutter solution. There are lots of different strategies and that's 
part of the beauty of the social web is that we can create our own experience. And if people are out there being kind and helpful, we'll be attracted to them. If people are out there doing nothing but broadcasting and creating noise, we have the opportunity to get rid of those people. Uh, now, I mean, there could be a business case. I'll give you an example, Mike. Uh, there's a Citibank has a Twitter account that follows no one. <laughs> they literally have zero, they follow no one, and all they do is broadcast job openings. Mm. Now, they've kind of earned the right to do that. You know, Citibank is it's a big company. It's a desirable uh, employer to many people, and so if you're looking for a job, you might subscribe to this, and this might be your preferred way of getting up-to-date information about job openings. So, hey, that works for Citibank. Good for you. All you do is broadcast. Uh, so, so I think there are different business cases, and I can't really be prescriptive. I think that doesn't work if you're trying to network and you're trying to build relationships. I think you need to show yourself, and you need to um, – have conversations with people and let them have a chance to get to know you because that awareness leads to trust. Trust leads to relationships and loyalty. And from there, you never know what can happen. Well, and I'll be honest, you know, at Social Media Examiner, we have our SM Examiner Twitter account and we have my personal account. On my personal account, I'm interacting with people, but for the longest time, the SM Examiner account was just a broadcast account that talked about our articles. Mm -hmm. And we got a lot of flack because we were only following like six people, which were the original people that helped found Social Media Examiner. And finally, we got, uh, you know, grew our social team and we're able to add someone on the team that was actively out there engaging with people. And we saw the crowd interact with us and really appreciate us in a new light. And it obviously requires time. It requires people. But there is a lot of value because a lot of people out there on Twitter aren't just seeking out information. They're actually seeking to interact. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and I think that's really – so. there's so much rich advice in your comment there because, Mike, one of the questions I get asked all the time is how do I find time for this? How do I find the resources for this? And I think an, a better question to ask is, where are you spending your resources today? You're doing some kind of marketing, you know, are you doing it with, with advertising on TV or in newspapers or personal selling? Is it time maybe to move some of those resources to the social web? And that's exactly what you did for your business and you're seeing the payoff. So I love that story. It's huge. Okay, we're going to dig into um, whether you should, who you should follow, Twitter lists, and a lot more. But first, we have a quick sponsor break. This podcast is sponsored by Social Media Marketing World 2015, where, you'll, where you, if you attend, will have an opportunity to connect with 2,500 fellow marketers in sunny San Diego. Now, Mark, I know you've been to this conference twice. Um, mm -hmm. What has been your experience? Well, it's, it's, I think it's the, the greatest conference I, I attend. And the thing that I love about it is it is just so friendly. And I saw this video roundup from last year and people are dancing and people are singing and people are laughing and they're hugging. And one of the things I like about what you do with the conference, Mike, is everywhere at the top of every escalator and staircase and outside every door, there are people there that are greeting you and helping you. And it's almost, I, I, when, 
I had I, I actually had this thought. Uh, I was at one of your great networking events, and all these people were coming up to me to say hello. And I thought, I just feel like I'm home. I just feel like this is like my hometown. Uh, so it's <laughs> it, 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 I love it. I love it. And uh, and you're going to be yeah, back there in, at gonna, 2015. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be back, and I can't wait. Awesome. And uh, you know, I, I know I'm sounding like an advertisement, which is good for you. But I really, <laughs> I really believe this too. And I tell everybody, if you get a chance to go, you need to go. Awesome. Check out socialmediaworld15.com for details. So, Mark, let's get to follower strategy because. Oh, this is a question that a lot of people have. Like in the beginning, I was following everyone who was following me. And, you know, that becomes challenging. So what are your thoughts? Who should we follow? How often should we follow? How do we manage all that? What's your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Well, the way I started out is is a, is a lot different than, than what I'm doing right now. And in some ways. Uh, my personal philosophy is I see Twitter as a value, as a networking tool. So if there's somebody who's following me who just looks like a legitimate person, you know, if they look like they're a real person who has, you know, some connection to what I do or what I write about, I will follow them back. I don't care who they are, where they are. I don't care uh, if they have two Twitter followers or 2,000. It doesn't matter. I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I give everybody an opportunity to, to to follow me, and I will follow them back. Now, if you're, you know, Joe's uh, garage shop and auto repair in Patuka, Kentucky, I may not follow you back because I just think I just don't get it. I won't I won't block you. It's fine for you to follow me, but I may not really see the business benefit of following your tweets. Now, the thing that's different. Today is if you can believe this, I'm getting like 400 to 500 new followers every week. Gosh, yeah. So how do you manage that? Well, I ha- I have to have a virtual assistant, and I hate that because it it it, it kind of takes me out of the uh, you know out of the system a little bit, and I I love looking at new followers and seeing what they're doing and looking at their tweets. But 400 to 500 a week is just out of control. It's just I just can't spend that time. So what I've done is I, I have a virtual assistant and I've trained her. I said this is what we need to look for. Here are the types of people. Um, now, when it comes to actually interacting on Twitter, it's 100% me. It's always me. When you hear from me, it's me and only me. Nobody else. It will never be any way other than that. But just keeping up with the administration has become crazy and uh, it's not the best, it's just not, I can't justify spending that time on it today. Yeah, well, and I'll tell you, I also had somebody who um, I had trained up and um, we use socialoomph.com and socialoomph has a really cool uh, tool built into it that allows you to vet your followers and it it kind of um, semi-automates it, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. It doesn't totally do it all for you, but it does semi-automate it. And I had this gal that was basically going in and looking at all my followers and making sure that I wasn't following somebody who was obviously a spammer, some crazy mm-hmm. pornography kind of account or something like that. Right. And I finally got to the point where, well, she wasn't available to work with me anymore, and I just stopped. So I, I'm at about 25,000 people that I'm following. And I just now, when people interact with me, if I um, check on their profile and I see that I'm not following them, 
I'll follow them back. Yeah. Um, but I've stopped following because of the same reason you have an assistant helping you with this because it did get to the point where I just couldn't do it. But for someone who's getting started, I think they probably should be a little more diligent about this. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I'm still diligent about it because I do have someone that has been trained and that I have trust, you know, handling just the admin thing. And whenever I'm like you, if anybody is making an authentic attempt to connect with me and, and converse with me, I'll follow them back. Uh, and as you know, anybody that really, uh, wants to connect and any, anybody I can help, uh, I I'm delighted to follow them back. Let's talk about lists. Um, Explain what they are, explain how you use them, and what are your thoughts on lists? Well, I'm glad you brought that up right now because I can imagine people thinking, oh my gosh, he's getting 400 to 500 new followers every week. How in the world do you make sense out of that? And the way you make sense out of it is lists. And and it's, it's, it's amazing that um, I think I've got a, pretty close to 100,000 followers on Twitter right now. And you might think, oh, that, that's just you know, crazy. How, how can it be useful anymore? But absolutely it is because what you do is you create lists by categories. So I have a list of friends in my hometown. I have, I have lists, Twitter lists of my customers. I have Twitter lists of people who are active on my blog. Hmm. I have Twitter lists of the people who I learn from. So people like you are on that list and Mari Smith and Jay Bear and all the people that I just love to see. What are you saying? What are you thinking? What are you reading? This is how I learn. And so now it's not a wall of noise anymore. I use a, a simple tool like TweetDeck or Hootsuite. It, it shows you the columns of these lists. And now you can just scroll up and down, you know, a couple minutes every day. And you can see what these people are saying in a very organized way. That's really cool. Um, and you can you can make lists private or public, right? Yes, and actually, all my lists are private <laughs> because and and the reason is simple. Um, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, from a from a uh, intelligence gathering perspective, you could also make a list that says competitors, right? And you could see what they're talking about. And you don't want anyone to necessarily see who you think the competition is. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, there's lots of ways to use lists. And you bring up a good one. Let's say your competitor is keeping lists and, and they're public. Go onto those lists and see who, they are, who they're engaging with. Maybe they need to be your customers too. Absolutely. So uh, mining lists, learning from lists – um, it can be a very, very powerful uh, uh, tool. Now, here's another little tip that I think is quite interesting. As you know, this whole idea of influence marketing is really hot right now. So Twitter lists are an interesting little hack to find out, I think, if someone is influential on the web or not. And here's what I mean. I saw this person one time. They had, I don't know, 300,000 followers. And I hadn't really heard of them before. I was a little suspicious of this. And then you see how many people are following them on a list. Now, 
this is important because if you're on a list, that means someone thinks enough of you that they want to separate you out, put you in a category, and pay attention to you. And you can't really game that. So this is, this is an important behavior, I think. People are putting you on a list. So I think the more lists you're on, it's a sign that you're someone to pay attention to. You're someone to listen to. And so what, hap- what, I, what I observed, well, this guy had like 300,000 followers. He was only on like 22 lists, huh. which indicates to me that either he, he, he's – He should uh, be on thousands of lists, right? He should be on thousands of lists just as a percentage. And Now, I mean, we, we I, should talk about how Twitter doesn't display on the desktop – these list numbers, but you can get it through a mobile app. Like uh, I'm looking at yes. Twitter right now while we're talking and they don't yeah. publicly display that anymore. They only display the, the list that you publicly have. They don't show yeah. you how many lists, but on the mobile apps is where you can find out that information. That's a good catch, Mike. And I'm glad you mentioned that so, I, so that your listeners aren't confused. The other way, uh, you used to be able to see this on Twitter up until about 18 months ago. For some reason, they, they took it off. But Here's another easy way is if you're using TweetDeck and you see somebody's name or you see their name mentioned in a tweet, if you click it, their little bio show pops up. And on TweetDeck, their bio, it shows you how many lists they're on. So that's another little hack just to give you some idea. Uh, you know, and I, I'd say you know, if, if as a ratio, the number of lists to the number of followers, if it's somewhere between 5 and 10% of the people who are following them, put them on a list, that's big. Okay, that's la- last big. question. You mentioned TweetDeck, and I know not everyone uses TweetDeck. Can you kind of sing the praises of TweetDeck and why you use it and what it does for you? Well, there's a couple leading platforms out there, TweetDeck and, and, and Hootsuite. Um, I, I mostly use Hootsuite, but you know, TweetDeck is a wonderful Well, feel free to talk about both. Yeah, and it's just, a, it's just they're very, very powerful tools. Hootsuite, I subscribe to the professional version. I think it's like $9 a month or something like that. It's just incredibly cheap. And it allows you to do many, many cool things. You can, you can of course, save searches and save lists, display lists. You can post things to multiple social media platforms at the same time. It, it gives you one great, clean interface to kind of look at all of the conversations going on. You can schedule, uh, right? You can schedule. You can, you can send tweets to other people on your team if they need to take action on something. So it's it's they give you reports about you know what what you know which of your posts or tweets have been doing the best and creating the most engagement. So it, it's incredibly uh, powerful, simple, intuitive, and and both of those are 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 equally uh, fine platforms to use. Awesome. Well, Mark, I know a lot of people. I know we've just scratched the surface <laughs> of what can be done with Twitter. Where can people find out more about you and your new book, The Tao? of Twitter. Well, I'd love to keep in touch with everyone listening. And the best way to find me is through my website, which is businessesgrow.com. And you can find my blog, my podcast, my books, and lots of cool information uh, that's all free that can help you in your business. 
Awesome. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. And we'll also link to your Twitter handle so people can tweet out to you uh, as they're listening to the show. Mark, on behalf of a lot of people listening right now, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us today. It's been awesome. Well, thank you. And I also want to congratulate you on your fifth anniversary of your wonderful website. You've had an impact on so many people and and uh, I'm honored to be here today uh, on your podcast, Mike. Well, thank you. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview. It was a lot of fun for me. If there was anything that we talked about that you missed, any of the tools or apps or anything, we take all the notes for you at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 118. That's for episode 118. Also, if you're new to the podcast and you're not already a, a subscriber to this free show, it's very easy. Just hit the subscribe button in iTunes or Stitcher or whatever app that you use to subscribe to this show. And this does bring us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I will be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.